The girl walked all that day and into the evening. And when she was walking by the light of the moon, without food, without water all day, she found herself beside a moat, a round circle of water that shone silver in the moonlight. On the other side of the water lay an orchard, a beautiful orchard filled with many fruit trees, many of which were heavy with fruit. The girl looked at the moat and she looked at that fruit in the orchard and she sank down into, onto her knees for she did not know how to cross the water and she knew that even if she did cross the water the orchard was well tended and she would be stealing somebody's fruit. The girl sank down onto her knees and in her weariness she called out, Oh, what am I to do? Is there anyone who can help me? Is there anyone who can offer me help? No sooner had she said this than a woman appeared in white beside her. And smiling at the girl, she beckoned her towards the water. The girl, recognizing the woman as a spirit, followed her. And when they reached the water, the woman in white gestured across. And the girl found that there was a way to get across the water. And so she stepped over, at first afraid, and then realizing that she wasn't falling into the water. She walked with more confidence to the other side. As she approached the closest tree, which was a pear tree, full of ripe, juicy, beautiful pears that seemed to glow in the moonshine, she realized that she was too small, too short to reach even the lowest branches. And she looked up at the tree and she wished that she could touch her mouth to a pear and eat. And no sooner had she wished than the tree itself bent down a bow to her. And she was able to just reach up a little bit and with her mouth eat the pear from the tree without it having been plucked. The pear was delicious and the juice ran down her chin and down her throat. It seemed that the pear was enough food for her for the whole day. It was so delicious and ripe and juicy and filling. And when she finished that pear, she thanked the tree and she thanked the woman in white. She went back across the water 
and she laid herself down under some bushes just at the edge of the wood. Now there had been a gardener in the orchard and it was his job in the evening to keep watch over the pears and the apples and the other fruits for the orchard belonged to the king and the king was very particular about his fruit and he had every single fruit counted and so the gardener whose task it was to guard against anyone touching the fruit or taking the fruit knew that the king would know the following morning that there was something amiss. He had seen the whole thing. He had seen the woman in white appear out of nowhere and lead the girl with no art, no hands across the moat. He had seen the tree reach down its bow for her. And he knew this was no ordinary thief. So as soon as it was light, he went straight to the king and told him what he had seen. The next night, the king, intrigued by what had happened in his orchard, came with one of his wise men, and the king, the wise man, and the gardener hid and waited. And sure enough, in the center of the night, with the moon at its apex, a girl appeared walked clear across the moat with a white spirit at her back and came into the orchard and the pear tree dipped down its branch and she ate the pear. The king was mesmerized not only by the magic but by how beautiful the girl was. When she had finished eating the pear, she, he sent his wise man to ask her if she was girl or spirit. And the wise man did. The girl replied that she was neither. She was not of this world, but she was from this world. The king arose and went to her and he looked at her hands on her back and he looked at her stumps and he said I do not know which has what has befallen you but I would like to offer you a place in my palace The girl went with him, and after some time they were married. And the king had a fine pair of silver hands fashioned for her, which were applied to her stumps. And so they lived very well. The king loved the girl very much, and the girl loved the king too. After a year had passed, the king went to the queen one day and said, My dear, I have to go away. 
I have business to attend to in another part of the kingdom. But you shall be happy here. Do not worry. I shall return soon enough. And then he went to his mother, who lived with them in the palace, and said, Dear mother, I must go. Please make sure that my wife has everything she needs. I may be gone for some time. If it is our joy to have a child while I am away, if the queen should give birth, please make sure that she and the baby have everything that they could need, and I shall return as soon as I can. If my dear wife has a child, please let me know as soon as the child is born, and I shall make haste to return. And with that, the king left. Now it turned out that after just a few months, the queen did give birth to a beautiful baby boy. And the king's mother, in her joy, wrote a letter to the king telling him, Oh, you have a beautiful baby boy. We hope to see you soon. She gave the letter to a messenger and sent him off in all haste. And the messenger left in haste, but the way was long and arduous. And after a while he came to a great river. And as he waited for the ferryman to take him across the river, he fell very, very sleepy, and he fell sound asleep. While he was lying there asleep, an old man approached him. The old man reached into his satchel and he took out the very letter that the king's mother had written. <laughs> the old man reached into his own pocket and took out a piece of paper and a pen and in the same writing as the queen's mother, the king's mother, he wrote down, Your wife, the queen, has had a child, but it is half dog. He slipped the letter into the pouch and took the original away with him. After a time, the messenger awoke, the ferryman was there, the messenger crossed the river and continued on his way, having no recollection or no idea of anything amiss. The king received the messenger with great glee and opened the letter and read it again and again and again. How could this be? What strangeness was this? This 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 must not this must be a mistake. This must this must be something this is not he couldn't think what it was. But he sat down immediately and wrote a letter, and the letter said, I shall return as soon as I can. Make sure that my wife and my child are well looked after. And he gave it to the messenger and bade the messenger be on his way as quickly as he could. The messenger left in all haste, but the journey was long and arduous, and by the time he came to the great river, he was very tired. 
and he lay down and fell asleep. As he slept, an old man appeared out of the woods. <laughs> let's see what the king says. Let's see, let's see. He opened the letter and he read, Oh, no, 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 no. This will not do. This will not do. And he penned another. And it said, Kill the queen and the child. He placed the letter in the pouch and retired to the wood. The messenger woke, the ferryman was there, he went across, he ran all the way back to the castle, almost. And the queen mother <clears throat> opened up the letter. Oh, I wonder what he, my son will say, he will be so happy. You can imagine her surprise when she read the instruction to kill the queen and the child. No, 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 no. This is, this is not my son. This is crazy. Something must, so, no, 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 no. I'll write again. I'll write again. And so the queen wrote again and she sent the letter and the same thing happened. The old man came to the sleeping messenger and replaced the letter. The king received the letter sent back another it was replaced again and so it went back and forth and back and forth until the king's letter replaced by the old man said kill the queen i want her eyes and i want her tongue as proof that you have done the deed when this letter reached the queen's mother she was aghast and she decided that it was too dangerous to send another letter, that she couldn't understand that something had happened to her son and that she needed to protect her dear daughter-in-law and the baby. She ordered a hind to be slaughtered and she took the eyes and the tongue and put them in a box. And then strapping the baby to his mother, she told the young queen, you must go from here and never return. And the queen, not knowing what was happening, took her baby and left the palace.